This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is The Art of Awesome, episode number 215. I'm humble enough to say this is not an absolute. This yep. is just, I mean, it's not a, make it, take it, take it as, as it comes, as you read it, make it your own, throw it where you don't like, add what you want to do and make it a fully produced success uh, recording for you, right? And so the, and so the, the simple, so the book at, the, at that point, the next 10 chapters after the hospital, the hospitality is all business chapter, are just these, these golden rule type things. Hit it! That's what I'm talking about. Wait. Okay, now, from the beginning. Hit it, boys. Welcome to the Art of Awesome. My name is Nick Troutman, and I'm a professional athlete, entrepreneur, family man, and adventure seeker. My goal is to share with you stories, knowledge, and inspiration as we continue on the journey together, searching for that secret sauce to producing awesome results in everyday life. Thanks for spending some time with me today, and let's get to it. Welcome back, everyone, to the Art of Awesome podcast. I am your host, Nick Troutman, and this is the show where we search for that secret sauce to success and the difference between the average and the awesome. Today is Monday, and if you guys have been following along, you know Mondays we've got our deeper dive interviews, while Fridays we've got our short form thought of the day, tip of the day. And today we get to speak with none other than Neil Rogers. Neil has 40 years of history in sales, marketing, and the hospitality business as Neil shares a lot of how his time as a bartender has really set him up for success in sales and marketing and really and breaks out his whole framework in his new book called Bar Tips. Neil really shares all the lessons he learned from being a bartender and how that has brought success within his sales and marketing roles over the past 40 years. So again, a lot of history, a lot of experience that Neil shares with us and a really fun interview as he kind of just talks about some fun times being a bartender. Let's go ahead and dive right into it. Here is Neil Rogers. Uh, Neil, first off, thank you so very much and welcome to the Art of Awesome podcast. I'm stoked to have you here. Hey, thanks, Nick. Thanks for having me. I'm stoked to be here. Awesome. Um, so, Neil, you've got uh, a kind of a cool background. You've got about four decades of experience in marketing and sales, um, including marketing consultant, business development, um, management, training, coaching, all this kind of cool stuff. Mm -hmm. But you've also got this past history of being a bartender, and and you've recently written a book called Bar Tips. Which, from my understanding, it's a bit of a framework about keeping things neat 
Uh, so your business never is on the rocks, which I kind of like the puns there. And and I really want to dive into your book and the framework, though. I kind of want to start off a little bit um, by asking some of your back history and what brought you to write this book in the first place. So I'm the uh, seventh of eight of an Irish Catholic family. Grew up in about six miles outside of Boston. And um, let's just say by seven, they were a little tired, right? Yeah. And so you're the level of participation, if you will, or I don't want to say support. My mother, it's not that they weren't supportive. It's just not like it is today. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we had, um, we had, we had our kids at least focused on what they were on a path from at least by freshman year on in high school. Um, and, uh, you know, Cam and Cam is Cam had Cam knew what he wanted to do since he was in fourth grade. So we just had to facilitate that. Uh, my daughter was a division one athlete. So we went where that went. But for me, it was, I went to my mother, at, you know, I graduated high school. I was 17 years old and I was a mediocre student at best. Uh, uh, and average athlete. And so just kind of, but a funny guy could dance, could sing a little. So I had some stuff, I had some stuff going for me. Right. And um, so we, uh, so, but in the end, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. So, and I had no, you know, I should be going to school for this. I should be doing that. Or I had this interest to be a plumber. I had zero. Hmm. And, um, and I literally went up to my mother in May of my senior year and said, Am I supposed to be doing something next year? I mean, literally, it was this is the conversation I had with her. It's no word of a lie, and uh, so I decided to do the school thing and, and failed. Uh, and I, I really equated to a few things: lack of focus, lack of more more desire to do other things other than go to school. Um, and but I didn't have any interest, you know. In like, and I was a community college, and a lot of the stuff you learn in community college, you learn, you know, a lot of stuff. It's it's a rehash of what you did in your senior year and all that. So, um, but all the while I stayed working in the hospitality business. So I worked in a, in a restaurant in Boston, a place called The Wharf. And they had, you know, so I was in the kitchen, sandwiches, making sandwiches, breakfast, that type of thing. And then made it to the front of the house, busboying and whatnot. So this is, this started when I was like 16 years old, 15, 16, I started doing that stuff. And then by the age of 18, I was working behind the bar as a bar back. Mm-hmm. Then I'm watching these guys move and I say, I want to do that. That's cool. So I set my sights on, on getting a bar job. And so we had done my buddy and I that were working there and both of us were barbacks. We, um, we started doing some private parties. So we got our chops down a little bit on how we should look and how we should pour and this and the other thing. But I went ahead and I, and I set my sights on getting this bar job in a place called Whitehorse Beach, which is part of Plymouth, Massachusetts, which is where I am right now, and uh, America's hometown. So I went in, and uh, they didn't have a job. It was a small place. There was only three jobs available, and all were taken. But he said, I'll give you five nights on the door. So I'm, and you know, I'll be working the door, you know, but I'll still be out back, get nice, stocking beer, and do a lot of stuff I did as a barback. So, um, and then, lo and behold, the day bartender leaves, doesn't want the job. He says, hmm. do you want the job? I said, absolutely. So I got the job. 
So it was a win number one, right? I uh, had, had failed and didn't run a list, kind of figured something I thought I would like to do. Had an opportunity, went after the opportunity, and eventually I got it. And so he um, he showed me stylistically how to work, how to look good doing it. Um, you know, look like you know what you're doing, all those things. So, and I'll never forget the first time. So my aha moment really came when I poured that first drink, and it was a sea breeze. Not a real popular drink today, but it was vodka, grapefruit, and cranberry juice, splash of cranberry with a little lime. And we poured, put it down on this beautiful oak bar right in front of the guy. He took a sip out of it and he goes, that's pretty good. And I like that immediate feedback, right? So it was like this, you know, so I said, maybe I've got something here, you know? And then I started working really hard and working, and it wasn't as busy as the day guy, as the night guys had. But I, um, but I, it could get busy at happy hour. So I worked on my speed chops and all that. And, but they, um, but I started to use my interpersonal skills, introducing people to people. Hey, you want to, you, you should meet this guy. You'll love them. And oh, by the way, do you play darts? Let's have a game. And, you know, just using that stuff. And, um, and, and it just, I just really, I, I, I thought I found a home and, but almost immediately I, uh, I decided that it, I, it wasn't going to be for me for, for the rest of my life. Um, I don't know why I felt the way I just did. And cause I enjoyed it. I loved it. It was a great job. And you, you know, you, but it just wasn't true. I don't know what, what exactly deal, but I did go and try to get a hotel restaurant management degree. Struck out there too. So that's when I really realized, okay, so this isn't for me. And so as I chatted with people ongoing, I, you know, trying to figure out what I'm going to do. So, you know, you're with your, with your personality and your interpersonal skills, I bet you'd be really good at sales. All right. That sounds pretty good. So I started talking to people about it and decided, all right, that's where I'm headed. So I went back to school, but now with interest, with a purpose, with a focus, I went back and I became a good student and I became it by basically selling myself, understanding what the needs were to be a good student. Number one, did you know they like you to show up? So let's, <laughs> let's go to, let's go to class. Let's yeah. be seen. Let's ask questions. Let's actively listen. Let's get our work in on time. If there's any office hours, make sure you go to them. And so there you go. So if you're on that bubble of B plus A minus, guess what? You might get the A minus. Mm-hmm. So, and that, and so I, I became, I, I don't, I, how does the guy that flunked out of two community colleges wind up at a three, eight, five grade point average? You know, it was just that I, I just equated all to that. I finally found my interest. I wasn't, I, I had a focus and then I had a path and I had a process, which I'm very process oriented. The whole book is about pro, a lot of process. And so uh, it's simple process. I want to dive into the book and and learn a little bit more of the process, but a couple of the things that I found interesting with your story is, uh, it it reminds me of the quote about uh, getting lucky, where a lot of people, you know, they could say, "Well, you got lucky with that job opening, or you got lucky with your with your A's in school, or or whatever." But really, what I account of luck as, it's preparation meets opportunity. And what you did was you, you found your, 
what you, what interests you? What what drove that focus? It started with bartending, and then it went into hospitality, and then it went back into school and, and sales. And so you had the focus. You you put your work in. You got the preparation, and then you're just waiting for the opportunity. And the opportunity could be, you know, um, like getting the the bar job where you're just you're there and you're ready for the opening. Or it could be in school when you're there and you're ready for the teacher to ask the question or to ask upon you or or whatever it might be. So really, it just reminds me so much of. Because I hear it a lot in in my world too of of sports and athletics, where a lot of people just talk about, oh, you got lucky with that. Oh, you got, you know, you got lucky that that opportunity came and whatever. And it's like, you know, call it what you want, but luck is really when you're prepared for the opportunity. Because if the opportunity for the bartending job came, but you didn't have the skills, you hadn't put in the time, guess what? You're not going to get it. And it's the same with really anything in life. Like everybody thinks of like, oh, you got lucky because of that opportunity. It's like, well, yeah, you missed the whole part of the preparation. Um, And so it really luck is that mix of, you know, opportunity meets preparation. And so I love how that has applied in in so much of kind of your back history, but I'd love to hear some more of the, the framework work as we're kind of diving into into your book more and, and into the framework and the processes. Um and and I one of the things just before I guess we dive into that too, it it um your story as you got into sales, it, it made me think of like how much of sales is networking and how bartending is is really such an ideal job to train for that because all a lot or maybe not all there's obviously skill that gets put into you know making the drinks and doing all the pizzazz that goes with it as well but a lot of it is is the communication it's listening it's it's talking and it's kind of networking where you're putting hey so and so you're looking for this. Oh, I've got a buddy just down the road that does that. And you're, you're kind of, you're helping people. You're providing value as well beyond just making drinks. It's, it's such, um, a value transaction that's beyond just, you know, getting a sea breeze or getting a, an old fashioned or whatever it is that you're ordering. And so to me, we call that that peripheral knowledge, peripheral knowledge. Exactly. Yeah. What do you know outside of what you know? Yeah. prepared to send somebody somewhere else for the betterment of them mm-hmm. right so if i i one of the one of the stories i've so uh, one of the stories i put in the book it's about so this one place i worked at in boston is a place called tias t-i-a-s and they were a seafood restaurant but really they were a thursday and friday night bar Mm-hmm. I mean, we didn't serve food on the bar on Thursday and Friday nights. It was impossible to do it, right? And, but, you know, if you work, and I always worked Monday, no, I worked Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday nights. They only let you work four shifts because they were afraid of burnout because of the, the pace of the place. Wow. But, so if somebody, but it was, but if I worked, if I happened to work a Saturday, which was rare, but I did, it, it, it's really where you could be that networker. Friday nights, mm-hmm. you just you're surviving, right? It's not <laughs> you're slinging drinks, there, right? Yeah. yeah, but you have that. And so, let's say, for instance, in the peripheral knowledge, it, you come in and somebody comes in and they want a steak. Now we had a steak on the menu, and this this is a, this is a this is a uh, 
uh, a story that happened, well, now 40 somewhat years ago. But I mean, it looked, it asked, asked me for a steak. I looked at him and said, you want a steak? Like, are you looking for a steak? I said, yeah. I said, okay, here's what I would suggest. We're a seafood restaurant. We have a steak on the menu. But you see that, that, uh, that door right there through the hotel? Go on the other side of the hotel, take a left. There's the chart house. You're going to have every cut of meat known to man. I'd suggest you go there. So what have I done, right? Have I taken business away from me for the moment? But have I done them a solid? Yes. You know, and You've for that- you provided value, yeah. Right. For that, they may come back for after dinner drinks with me. And mm -hmm. they may have their dessert. Well, you know, their dessert, yeah, then on Saturday afternoon, you get dessert with me. So, and so I define it as, so in each one of these chapters too, I've either associated a golden rule um, type um, along with it, or I've made one up. This one I made up. Hospitality, is the, as I define it, is doing something for somebody that doesn't directly benefit you at that time mm -hmm. it'll come back later right and you've done the right thing and there's 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 some there's some peace in that you know so you you lost a 50 dollar client maybe a 10 dollar tip or yeah so for for that moment yeah but guess what there's going to be more there's there's enough for everyone so anyways, and, and i, I think i think too is that when when you become known for someone that provides value of that sort, you're right. They may have gone and gotten the steak, you know, at this other restaurant that had a better cut of steak, but they're going to then value your input and value your say, and they're going to come back and they might be like, Hey, well, what's actually the best beer you've got, or what's the best bottle of wine or what other thing it once, once you're known for being the person that gives, um, that that has whether it be an opinion or whether it be you know factual information or or knowledge, um, they're going to come for you for that, and they're going to be like, okay, well, where you know, what else? Tell me about maybe it's a real estate guy. Tell me about this market. What's going on here? Maybe it's like um, someone looking for a job, and they're like, hey, well, I want to come back and have drinks with you because you, I I can trust what you're about to say. Whereas you go to somewhere else and. I, I find it interesting, um, funny sometimes when I go to a restaurant and it it might be a steak restaurant or, or just you know seafood whatever it is, <clears throat> and and I'll ask someone because one of my favorite things to do at a restaurant is just to ask what's the best meal, what's the best dish you guys have because everybody knows what it is. That either the cook knows what it is or they just know what they're selling the most of, right? What they're known for. And, right. and I just, I usually go with that because that's what they're going to be known for. And that's going to be a good dish. Um, but I find it funny sometimes when, when the, the waitress or stewardess or, or waiter will be like, well, actually I'm, I'm vegan. And so I, I don't really eat here. And I'm, I, to me, yeah. I'm thinking like, I'm like, okay, well, Ask somebody else. Yeah, nothing against being vegan. I was vegan for some dietary issues and and stuff like that, and and I'm all for it. And and everybody, you know, has their own life choices and whatever. But yeah. you you can provide the information without necessarily eating the food. Go talk to the chef. 
and figure out, hey, what is our best meal? What is the best cut that we have here? What is What do we sell the most of? Do you know what I mean? It's like, it doesn't matter whether it's your personal opinion of what the favorite dish is, but tell me what the best dish that you have is. And if you're good at your job, you will know what it is, or you'll go and ask and figure it out. And that's kind of what you're talking about here is, is everything in life. I find it so relatable that it's, it's always a value transaction. How can I provide value in whatever service it is that I'm doing? And and it doesn't doesn't even have to be a service. If I'm if I'm at a grocery store and I'm checking out, you know, I could sure I could leave a tip, I could do something like that. You know what's an easy thing to do? Ask the 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 person bagging your groceries, how's your day going? You know, I appreciate you for what you're doing. Thank you so very much, and and give them a smile. And you you know what you're you're really good at your job. Thank you, I appreciate you. There's so many things in life that can just be you can provide value beyond just monetary substance. Um, and it, it to me, I just I find it so important that everything there is an opportunity for a value transaction to happen. Oh no I, question. Yeah, I I I just I I find it so. I guess the most um, noticeable in that hospitality kind of business that 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 you spent so much time in, and and kind of after this whole rant, I'd love to hear more now about some of your other frameworks within the book and and just how uh, kind of it, it seems like a little bit of life lessons that uh, that bartending and and hospitality has kind of taught you a little bit. Yeah, so it all you know it all became came in retrospect and and uh, soul searching and it was a, and by the way, truth be told, it was a COVID project. Mm-hmm. Just trying to keep myself from not losing my mind, right? What can I do positive? How can I you know our business was still okay, it was good, it wasn't bad. It was we thought it was going to be dead because we're in the marketing business, and uh, and we we kept it alive. But I but I was searching for something. That I I I I I got singing again. I was playing the piano again. I did trying to do anything that would like make me make me happy, and uh, and so I, I I one of the other things that I would do to make me happy was I would reach out to people, and I do usually do it via text. Mm-hmm. How are you doing? Didn't want to interrupt their day, right? Yep. Invariably, I get a call back. How are you doing? What's going on? Boom. One guy I talked to. Um, his, he was a uh, really successful general agent for Mass Mutual, and his his success and his behaviors took him to a place where he needed life saving surgery. Wow! And he got his surgery, completely spun his life around. And I was th- I was talking to him right around um, eighteen month mark after he had the had the transplant, and he. Uh, telling me about this book he wrote and on his recovery and blah, 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 the system he's got. And, and we've known each other a number of years. And uh, he said, you should write a book. What am I going to write? Up? Right. And so I told, you know, started putting together pieces like I've talked to you, talked, giving you in the beginning you know, about my growing up and how I was, you know, trying to figure it out and how the hospitality thing. And then when I really realized that was when my daughter was being honored by the Chamber of Commerce, right? And, you know, the Chamber of Commerce has got an award for everything, right? <laughs> so she, yeah, so she was one of the fastest movers under people to watch under thirty. 
Yeah. The guy who brought five guys burgers to New Hampshire was, was the keynote speaker. And if you ever worked in hospitality before, served or whatnot, there was a thing called pre-meal. It's like a pre-game type chat. What's, you know, what to look out for, what's, what's out, what are the specials? And there might be a little fire and brimstone to get you going. And his fire and brimstone was that we're not in the hospitality. We're not in the, in the burger business. We're not in the fry business. We're not in the soda business. We're in the hospitality business. Mm-hmm. I, went, I looked, I went like this to my, looked at my wife and said, I've never left the hospitality business. Yep. I've been bartending on the road for 37 years or whatever it was at the time, 35 years, whatever. It was a few years ago. And so I just started coming up with, um, started thinking about things. And I had already done some research on hospitality that I plug in at chapter three. And it was some research that we did on what businesses do to engage their clients and whatnot in different ways. Some are peripheral knowledge. Some, you know, there's a, um, there's a financial planner that knows that can hook you up with a great estate, state, state uh, plan turn, attorney, right? So he knows who those people are. So you can go, you can, and you, he's a trusted advisor. And then I just started piecing together things through interviews and uh, just casual interviews with guys that I worked with, a woman that owned one of the places that I, um, that I, I worked at another guy that I, that was a mentor of mine. And he worked me with me in one place. Then he opened up another He's actually, his place is, at, is actually right there on the back of the book. And um, just came up with these 10 or so tips. Mm-hmm. It could be 15. There could be 30. But these were the 10 that I settled in on. And what we all came to, you know, when I just, when I talked about it, I said, here's a, can you think of anything else? And really nobody came up with anything more. But I'm open to say, I'm humble enough to say, this is not an absolute. This yeah. is just. I mean, it's not a make it, take it, take it as as it comes, as you read it, make it your own, throw it what you don't like, add what you want to do and make it a fully produced success uh, recording for you. Right. And so the and so the, the simple so the book at, the, at that point, the next 10 chapters after the hospital, the hospitality is all business chapter, are just these these golden rule type things, the importance of a proper greeting. And now I've started, now that I've reread and researched it, you know, being ready for conversations with guys like you, it's like, well, you know, what 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 can you associate the, the importance of a proper greeting with? Is something that's an old adage, some sort of golden rule type deal. And, and it's simple. It's you never get a second shot at a first impression. Mm, yeah. Do so the true. right thing. Smile, say hello, shake a hand. You know, and it's and and, and it, the example I use a lot now is uh, is when uh, uh, do you remember when Home Depot first started? Uh, no, uh, well, I couldn't tell you. So when they well, let me tell you. So when they first came out, you could walk through the doors of Home Depot, and there's a sea of people in orange aprons ready to help. Hmm. How you doing? What are you doing? Tell me about your project. Okay, let me take you over to take you over to th- that aisle. It'll be in this aisle. Let me take it down. What's your price range? Oh, here's the good, the better, the best. How long are you going to have this house for? Well, 15 years. This is yours. Whatever. Probing questions. Selling. Being nice. Right? Now they hide on you. You walk yeah. through the door. 
it's no, there's no way to be fine. And if you find somebody, they're in the wrong department. Oh, let me go get you the guy. And, you know, it's gagely. I did find, I did have a conversation with somebody the other day about this. Um, and I got, I, 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 his, it was another podcast and he lives near where the home office is. So they're still doing the good stuff, but elsewhere, but what happens? So, but what, elsewhere up by us. So what happens to them? Now, I'm not a big DIY guy. You know, it's not like they're losing a lot of money on me. But when I need something, I go to the local guy. Guess what happens when I walk through the door? How you doing? What can I help you with? What's your project? Same thing they yep. used to do. Oh, you need yep. paint? Let me bring it over to the paint paint guy. I saw the paint guy one day in um in a in a restaurant, a local sandwich shop that I go to. And I said, Hey, you're the paint guy from uh from from Beltates, aren't you? He goes, Yeah. I said, you are fantastic. Thank you so much for your service. You know, if there's one of those things you were talking about, you know, a, a pay it forward type, uh, you know, adding value, being nice or whatever, a, a form of gratitude mm -hmm. you know, and just thankful. So that that's like where we kick it off. And then we talk about, you know, how organ being organized wins. That's kind of one of the chapters. I mean, what's, you know, are you, how many, do you remember going to school and not being prepared for the, te the test? and how you felt mm -hmm. let's not do that anymore let's be prepared let's be ready for your sales call ready for your zoom meeting you know whatever whatever it may be and these places and, and there's some there's a lot of preparation that can go on with that and it, the the way i swing it as a as, as how it works from the bar group this place t is that i speak about this was as i mentioned a really busy place but they knew they were going to be busy. So they were set up to be busy. Right. To this day, and this is now 40, 38, somewhere around there years ago, 30, somewhere uh, between 30 and 40 years ago. It was Wine Tap, Bass Hill, Heineken, Miller, Miller Lite. Let me tell you how long ago this was. Miller, Miller Lite, $1.30. Wow. Bass Hill. Bassiel and Heineken, $1.60. 12 ounce glass. Now they'd be getting 10 bucks, I think, for all of them, or you know, somewhere in there. Yeah. But they were right here. And right in front of me were all the the what you would call the well liquors or the bar liquors. You know, the ones if you wanted a vodka and tonic and didn't call out what you wanted, you got the SS Pierce version of that. But mm -hmm. over here, it was Smirnoff, Absolute, and Stolas That's where they were. Right here, same place. I remember it forty years later. That's how that's how ingrained it was in us. We never had to look for them. You just boom, and you'd be firing away. But they were prepared. Are you prepared when you go in when you go into a sales call? I was my first one of my first jobs out of college when I when I finally when I figured it out and I got done. Um, I worked in the food business, so I worked called on chefs. The most impatient person on the planet, right? They don't, they don't want to see nothing. And they certainly don't want to see the new young guy. <laughs> and if you do come in, you better not be ab, dab, dabbing and wasting their time. Mm -hmm. You better be prepared. So I just came up with this simple. No, again, there's no complex marketing theories and bar tips. A binder with all the specials in it. My prices, you know, then the, the, the book that had the, there was, I don't know, hundreds, hundreds of th thousands of items that we distributed. 
And I can still tell you what sugar the number of sugar packets. It was 173484. 14-ounce bottle, bottle ketchup, 028092. Because they used to write them down. And then we had to key them in and send them via phone by 2.30. Or they didn't get their stuff the next day. Wow. So, And then you'd have something that you wanted to add on. You know, if you had didn't get an item yet or if you're not getting the paper business, you know. Can I quote you on your napkins, you know, and have a sharp price ready for them or bring the new thing? You know, the flicker thing you use at the uh, your grill. I remember yeah. when they came out and we I brought them in. I said, look what we have here. Oh, yeah, I'll take 10 of those. So just a little suggestive sale. But I was prepared. So, you know, and then things like situational awareness. I mean, who but, a, you know, if you're in a if you're in a, a if you're in a bar and there's a group that comes in, you know, Who's the nut job? Who do I have to watch out for? Where's the leader? Because we want the decision maker. Who gets up? And that usually is the person that jumps up and orders the first round. Yeah, They're running the show, right? And then if either they're buying it or they're collecting the money on this, whatever that may be. And uh, But it's the same thing. You walk in a boardroom. Who's the leader? Who do I need to focus on? You know, read the room. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and then things like things that I learned in this, in the, in the, the, you know, somebody came up, there's a story that we tell in the book, but a, a buddy of mine that uh, a woman asked him for a vodka martini straight up. Now, Dennis has been tending bar for 10 or 15 years at that point, had never, zero times, put vermouth in a martini. Now, this one isn't dry enough. Does he argue with her? Nope. He makes it in front of her. Makes her a new one. Where is it in? There you go. So his problem, his his issue with that, if she wanted a very dry martini, where he should have taken some, he took the ownership of it. Well, he should have probably made it in front of her in the first place. Hey, just want you to know, this is what I do on a, on a right? So he, he made up for it. So this this guy who was a salesman in the sporting in the uh, food business, and uh, he's acknowledged in the book, Jim Gallio. He told me as a young guy, when any whenever anything goes wrong, start here first. What was my role in it? You, then you don't lash out. Well, wait a second. You know, we never do it that way. We always, we're always right. I love when people say, well, you know, Neil, uh, that that we don't hear that much. Well, you heard it today. Because this is what happened to me today. You, you don't hear it much or people don't complain enough. I don't know what it is. So, and uh, that that one thing, I think, has helped me immeasurably in both business and in, and in life. You know, especially, you know, I try to, I try to, I mean, you know, being, uh, I try to like take that step back before lashing out. I don't bat a thousand on it. Yeah. Right. It's but, hard. But it's, but it's, but it's, but it's, but typically, and so what's the adage, what's the adage, what's the golden rule in that? Customer is always right. Mm-hmm. You start there. It, it, it really like the, the more that you kind of say it and the more that you're talking through this framework, the more it really reminds me just how much of the hospitality business 
is so relatable to all of sales, you know, where the customer is always right, whether it's, you know, always be networking, whether it's, um, you know, providing value of sorts, like it's, it's all there. And, uh, and it makes me really excited to, to check out your book, um, and learn more just of, of these, you know, almost 40 years of, of, history, you know, whether it be in hospitality or in sales and how they're so relatable. I find so much of life, you know, it's the same in, in, I think so many things can be compared or, or related to other aspects of life. So like all of these things that we're talking about, how hospitality relates to business, this would relate the exact same way to relationships, to parenting. You could take this to coaching. Like it's really so much of life I find is interchangeable where you just take skills from one aspect and plug it in place in a whole different uh, scenario. And uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm really excited to to check out the book. Um Neil, I'm going to move us on to the the next segment of our show, just because uh, I know we've got a timeline to to kind of just uh, keep in mind. And I'm going to ask you some of the fire round questions that I ask all of our guests. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Um, Neil, do you have a favorite quote or current quote that you live by? Well, the the one in the book is the one uh, most recently. It's it's a long one though. I'd have to read it to you. Uh, but it's Anthony Bourdain speaks about the the about the hospitality business and how he learned more in kitchens, bars, restaurants, and dining rooms than any than than any college could hold. Wow, wow. Um... So my my next question is usually, do you have a favorite book or recent book that you've been reading? Uh, it sounds like you've been focusing on writing right now. So I'm not sure. Have you been reading anything lately? So uh, I, I would consider my favorite book to be The Think and Grow Rich. Mm, love that book. I'm reading it right now, actually. It's worth rereading. I mean, my, my goal, my hope is, and I think it is, that's kind of the reviews, the people, the feedback I'm getting from people is that 
Yeah, I don't want to compare myself to Dale Carnegie. Please don't. I'm not going there. But I've got I've got how to friend how to win friends and influence people on my on my bookshelf right next to my desk at all times. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a reference, you know, reminders, and and that's kind of what this whole thing was set up for. It was references and reminders. I went through the whole um, Think and Grow Rich process. We brought we broke my wife and I with our little business broke out our you know did our uh, uh, our affirmations in the morning. We had them at our bed at night and uh, we followed along. It was an ex- it was really a good process and it really comp- uh, propelled our business. It, we didn't reach the ultimate goal that we had, which is it was a pretty challenging goal, but we got darn close and that was that worked out really well. Yeah, I love that. I find too that uh, books like Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill and Dale Carnegie, uh, a lot of that knowledge, it comes from the experience. And just like you, Neil, you know, 40 years of experience, you've got knowledge and experience to share versus uh, someone much younger that maybe only has a couple years of experience. There's there's a lot more that you can learn from uh, from someone who's got 40 years history of experience for sure in a, in a specific field. My, one of my favorite made questions- all, Made all the mistakes. Yeah, made all the mistakes. Learn from all the mistakes. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still making them. Um, Neil, oh, one of my yeah, favorite... That, that doesn't end, I promise you, my friend. Yeah, I, I believe you there for sure. Um, one of my favorite questions, though, is that if today was your last day on Earth and everything that you've done, all your experience, all your history, your books, everything was to go away with you and all that you could leave for future generations, for your family, for your loved ones, is three truths, three things that you believe to be true. What might those three truths be? Find your passion. Develop your process. And remain positive. Mm, I love those. So concise. Neil, I gained so much value from these interviews, these conversations. Um, I I can't even express how much that I gained from doing this podcast. So something that I always try to do is provide value back to to you, to my listeners. Um, so is there anything that you're currently focusing on that I might be able to help out with or possibly even my listeners? So the book is available. Um, it's on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Uh, I'm using it as my calling card. Love I'm that. On, and I'm working on speaking on it. And it's, and I got one podcast I was on last week. I got invited to speak at their conference. So it's or potentially speak at their conference can be considered, I should say. And so that's my goal is, is this next phase of my life is to, I believe wholeheartedly in what we put together here. I believe it can help people. Um, it's a simple, concise message. The, I'm looking for nods the whole time and, and when they do it, and it's kind of what I get. Um, nobody argues with me that you should be nicer and smile more and be organized and help people out and you know work on your appearance and upgrade your abilities and uh, have a positive attitude. And so... Yeah, I just want to spread the word. And that's kind of what we've, my wife and I have been doing for, for years. So I absolutely love that. I highly encourage everybody go check out Neil's book, Bar Tips. Uh, you said you could get it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. 
Uh, again, I just, I think there's a wealth of knowledge within these pages. I look forward to picking up uh, a copy myself and highly encourage everyone else. If you guys got value out of this episode, please, if you guys could share it with others, go pick up a copy of the book. And as always, I want to thank you guys for listening, for tuning in. And again, I appreciate you guys. So I'm Nick Troutman signing off, wishing us all a truly awesome day. Cheers, everybody. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.